Hi, hello, and welcome to Blazing Comments with me, your host, Callie Kennedy. Blazing Comments is a podcast I created to reconnect with old friends and to connect with new friends. And I thought the best way to do that would be to discuss our favorite forms of media, TV shows, music, movies, maybe a book or two. And I hope you enjoy this. Um... It's been a really fun time, Um, and thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, we are joined by my friend Carly, and we will be discussing office space. Before this episode starts, I would like to issue a spoiler warning for the film Office Space, and uh, also the film The Big Lebowski. We do go off on tangent. I will apologize for that. But I am also not sorry at the same time. So, sorry, not sorry. I also would like to issue a trigger warning for some statements made that involve suicidal thoughts and ideation. If that is something that will harm you, please turn around, go listen to a different episode, um, or or do something else. Um, Thank you, and here's the episode. All right. So I did watch this movie again. Okay, I watched it twice since I started talking about this once Uh uh, a few weeks ago, and I watched it again last night. And yeah, it's pretty funny. I watched it twice. (laughs) Um, I did make the mistake that in between watching it the first and the second time I watched Inside by Bo Burnham and I experienced the existential dread I don't think I've seen that one I don't recommend it <laughs> don't recommend that I don't because if I felt that way I don't know how it's going to affect all the other people I know <laughs> I'm just like and I just keep hearing the songs on TikTok because everyone's like, oh, these are so great. And I'm like, That's no, <laughs> I am also trapped inside of my own head. Thank you for pointing it out, Bo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what it is. It's his, um, it's his quarantine special. So he shot it all in his home. He was like, I thought this long and I thought I'd be done with it sooner and it's just like that um, artistic slash comedic commentary on it Mm. and that's why I felt the existential dread I'm gonna have to look it up is it (sighs) five days inside is that what it's called Uh, no it's just inside Um, I know it's on Netflix I don't, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I Googled and some other things came up. <laughs> I'm not going to. Okay. Not, not I'll look right it up later. <laughs> later. Later sounds like a great idea. I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> All right. Um, All righty. So you go I... Your outline before you start and stuff, or you just want to... I, I just kind of like... I just... It's easier just to, you know, talk about it and then okay. see where it goes because 
I didn't write an essay for this one. I intended to. I looked up articles. I read articles. And then I was like, I just don't want to. (laughs) It's kind of the whole, you know, motif of the movie. (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) After I I just finished my second episode, like working on it, and it's looking like it's going to have to be a two-parter, I was like, I don't have any more energy to do anything else. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Alrighty. So why don't we do a bit of, why don't you introduce yourself however you would like to. Okay. Um, All right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Gonna start. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carly. Um, I thought about this yesterday a whole lot, how I was going to introduce myself. So I am a mom. I'm an old lady mom, like uh, older than 30 (laughs) mom. Um, uh, We have a, we do have an Etsy shop. We, it's very random, me and my girls. But I mean, for the majority of my, who am I? I'm just me. I'm a mom, 30, a 38 year old. Am I 38? 38 year old mom. Watch a lot of movies via television. Um, with my kids, we lately since pandemic times have been rewatching a lot of like '90s TV shows and stuff. So that's been fun. So just hopefully can share my opinions and <laughs> lots of comments about some of the materials I've been watching, specifically the movie that Callie picked for us. Um, <clears throat> Callie. Alrighty, so I'm gonna go into some some questions just to. Okay. So- it can be acquainted or I guess we can all be acquainted whoever's listening to this I don't know who the, who these people are other than my mother um, so just for clarification um, what pronouns do you use? Do you use she, her, he, him, they, them it's just a thing it's a nice thing to just make sure I am being Consider it. Consider it. It's nice to be considerate. I'm a she. She mom. Okay. Um, and then the, the best, the always the fun second question, how do we know each other or how did we meet? This is always a fun one when I ask people. That's, yeah. We work together and it is kind of a, it's kind of, I don't know if, is it a sweet, bittersweet story of of work friendships? <laughs> we really, I would say I enjoyed working with you a whole lot. We met at work. Um, we worked together in the same department after a long training. Callie was there first, so that was nice. It was really nice for me. I don't know how, <laughs> how nice it was for Callie having to sit for the training again and then having to be like, you know, my... <laughs> Just helping with all the things because I had so many questions when I got there. Good work relationship, though. I really, really enjoy working with Kelly. I just like how, well, part of the, the film I picked was it makes, oh my God. I just, after I watched, rewatched it for this, I was like, God damn it. She'd been quoting this movie the whole time. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't want this we Boston. Lived the movie. <laughs> we lived the movie. That's what with the that's swing line. thing that just hit me. I was like, what? 
this movie was written 20 years ago. Timeless, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite holiday? Um, my favorite holiday is Christmas because I like to give gifts. And really, I like all the holidays. There any holiday where I can make a meal and serve people because I like to serve people and give stuff. So, but Christmas is my favorite. I love Christmas. It's fun with when you have kids and... I mean, we don't have a lot of family, so I just like shower my kids with gifts and things. And so I just like to see them happy. And so Christmas is my favorite and birthdays, but those aren't national holidays. <laughs> and not my birthday, but theirs. <laughs> um, okay. I don't, I would, I don't really have a favorite holiday, to be honest. It's just one of those, I don't know. I don't know. What about St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> no, not a real big fan of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> no, no. I recently I recently logged on to one of those, because I'm a white person, first of all. But let me clarify. I'm a white person, so obviously <laughs> I did all the DNA test stuff, right? I recently logged on, and apparently whatever tabulations they have done recently, I am mostly Scottish. So not Irish, not Sam not Patrick. Irish at all, <laughs> or very little. And I was like, "What?" That's not why. <laughs> I just, it was just two things just like for me. <laughs> well, on TikTok, my little like, I feel like people think, "Uh huh, that's a joke," and I'm like, my ongoing existential crisis. No, I'm having an ongoing existential crisis. It hasn't ended. It just keeps going. <laughs> So, you know, I don't have a favorite holiday, but, you know, I would say Halloween, but only because ah. it's a, a own, socially acceptable to dress up as somebody that is not yourself. Yeah, that's always fun. I don't, we, we say that, but then we dress as witches every year. So I don't know how much. Um, I just dress up as myself for Halloween. It's a little avant-garde, if you will. this is a question I keep asking people and I'm always curious to hear the answer if you had an entrance song like in a movie what would it be I thought about this when I really struggled um I cannot narrow it down to a song that I would be that would be my theme song but I definitely when I thought about it I, I just I gosh I'm not a good no good at this picking and decision. I'm not either. I have I have yet to decide what my instrument song would be. So yeah, you and you're asking me. So literally, I came up with maybe something by Stevie Nicks, Whitney Houston. I lived. I already did a Madonna. <laughs> That's over with. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, something by the Eagles. I couldn't decide. <laughs> yeah I'm then I thought placebo is like I don't know 90s you gotta look them up you probably have to look them up because they only like two songs that were popular and that's like my speaking of existential dread of like living in that myself and so those those songs that placebo does one of them's in the fight club movie and another one I just heard in another movie I'll have to remember what it was anyways yeah <gasps> Was it in Cruel Intentions? I might have heard a placebo song in Cruel Intentions recently. 
Something by them, maybe. Hmm. Alrighty, and I'm gonna round this out with who is your favorite movie slash TV character and would you want to trade places with them if you could? <sighs> there were so many to pick from. I thought about Barbara Streisand and a lot of things because her wardrobe is fabulous in everything. <sighs> but the problems and the drama with the men and I just want to kill Hubble. So I had to pick Lorelai Gilmore because <laughs> say I would trade places with Lorelai because she has the whole village literally and she didn't really seem to have any life problems that I couldn't deal with she had, she had her own house and she had she ended up with the inn and the mom situation is very similar which I could deal with that and the daughter who really wants to dad around constantly telling them what to do with their kids so she kind of had the ideal situation you know or like they say you need a village and she literally had the whole village that was watching over them and helping her with the child the whole time just the house and the whole village in the <laughs> snow those snowy episodes i want to be there <laughs> that's actually pretty interesting that you said that because um in my first episode which was gilmore girls um sarah pretty much made that pretty much made that point and it was something that I could think about through a different lens, even though I didn't go and rewatch the whole series. I only watched 20 episodes because oh, I was like, that's a lot of, a lot of dialogue. <laughs> so much. Callie, we, okay, we rewatched it in about, I would say four weeks over, over a few days every week. And <laughs> we were up till 4 a.m. And both my girls, when we finished it, I noticed they were rewatching it a couple days later. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> they needed more. <laughs> they were mad at a year in the life, though. Um, yeah, I would trade places with Lorelai. That's actually kind of similar to how we watch Supernatural. I finished Supernatural before I finished Smallville. Smallville only has 10 seasons. Supernatural has 15. Oh, I have to Tell confess. me how the math works. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on that. And I only Either way, I love both of those shows and they're... <laughs> They're pretty problematic either way, so. Yeah, I only got past, like, I would say the first three seasons of Supernatural, Confession. I mean, I liked it, but I just didn't stick with it. I can't remember what was going on during those years. If it was 2012, I definitely didn't watch any television after that for a while. <laughs> Babies happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I like Supernatural. I like the characters. <laughs> People that like Supernatural so probably don't so like that far. character. Three for three, I've mentioned Supernatural, and everybody has, we've had, all, all of us have had conversations about Supernatural in pretty much every episode, <laughs> and I have not cut them out. I've, like, kind of spliced them so they're not super long, but mm. I just, I love this consistency of just talking about Supernatural when we're not talking about Supernatural. Like, how do you talk about, yeah, is it talking about being a mom without talking about Gilmore Girls? It's like, how do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. I'm a, I'm um, a Gilmore I, Girl mom. <laughs> I'm working on my next, like, four or five episodes. Um, I had someone drop out because and ghost me. Oh, they got, they got spooked. <laughs> so I took them off the Google Doc. <laughs> like, I had to take this episode and do it with someone else so Aye. that's fun um, that's funny but anyway let's god bless their heart 
and it takes pretty up te- it doesn't actually take that much to make me mad but it does take a lot for me to be like mm, uh, <laughs> ill intent ill intent upon you um that's what i'll say that's the nice way of saying it um the vibes bad vibes only it may not be agreeable with you <laughs> sending the bad vibes your way um anyway uh we're gonna move on so we're gonna talk about office space today which i didn't realize took place in texas until i read a variety article mike judge is from texas i'm sorry yeah i didn't know that (laughs) i was reading this article and i was like what i did live this movie then what what the hell (laughs) yeah that was a, a fun little fun little factoid i did not know um, t- tell me how um, tell me how you were introduced to the film because I was introduced via you and I watched it during quarantine and then I texted you and I was like now I understand <laughs> why you said all those things to me when I would mutter under my breath when people would say stupid shit to me and I'd be like please don't come to my desk <laughs> don't talk to me <laughs> just burn this place down <laughs> it was my favorite burn thing this place to the ground and for reference me and Carly we weren't uh, one department, but what that department was an open room where our two desks were pushed together. It was uh, it was it was we an odd cubicles. We didn't even have cubicles. We had no privacy. We were shaped like cubicles, but we had no walls. <laughs> but how how were you introduced to the film? So, um, well, I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead. And so Mike Judge is a main staple throughout my childhood and my adolescence. Um, My husband and I, when we got together, I don't remember actually when we watched these movies together, but we're homebodies. So when we start, got to talking, when we got together, we realized we like a lot of, a lot of the same things. And uh, Mike Judge has a couple other movies that he had seen. I was like, oh, well, you know, we just basically watch every movie. After we decide, decide we like a director or a writer, we watch all their films like in consecutive order. So we started with Idiocracy. I don't know which, I don't know what order they came out in, but we would just watch all of Mike Judge's material at one point. And so this is probably one of the more relatable because the other views and butthead is obviously animated. Um, it's just very relatable and like timeless, like we were saying. I just feel like it's, it's really funny. And so my husband, being that he, once we got established and became like, we grew up together kind of. <laughs> we got an office job, his first job, and he came home and he was like, no, case of the Monday smudge. <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> it's like, you can get your ass to say that. <laughs> I, upon reflecting after, obviously, we had consultants come into our job and it was bought out and I got laid off. Um, After having that experience and then watching the film, I was like, she knew exactly, exactly what was going to happen. I thought you were a mind reader, a fortune teller. I was like, how does she know? How does she, she was like, know? why is she walking in there like she doesn't give a damn about this job? I was like, no, I learned from me, the best. Uh, they had to pay me for the 45 minutes that I cried there after they were like, don't come to work tomorrow. 
Oh, Lord. Okay. Do you want me to finish the work I was working on? No. <laughs> I am a crybaby. I will admit that. Um, as much as I say I don't like crying, I don't cry. I am a crybaby. And I, I don't too. have an explanation. <laughs> Sometimes I cry when I don't have a reason to cry. <laughs> This movie, in parts, there were parts that made me feel like I might cry. <laughs> oh yeah, especially Uber relatable. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> Did somebody? What?" I was very confused for a while. I was like, "Huh?" And pretty much everyone else I've talked to, they're like, "I haven't seen it, but I've seen the memes," and I'm like. You have to watch the movie because the memes are so much better after you watch the movie because the main screen grab where it's of what Gary Cooper <laughs> being passive aggressive. You're like, yeah, have you ever worked in the office? Yes, everybody's passive aggressive. I don't know if it's helpful or if it's more detrimental to have seen it before or after working in that type of environment because again it's very relatable it's very similar you, you're like i just feel like watching it beforehand is it was like a training but then watching it afterwards it's kind of like there it's it's so similar to real life is it hurtful or is it funny it's just so true and ironic it's 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 great. <laughs> I don't know. What else. I don't know. Like I say, is I it good or is it bad? Is it funny or is it tasty? I picked this film because of our experience last year. <laughs> I was like, I can't even. I can't. We're like an experiment without the control, though. See, because I watched it before. <laughs> I went into that office, and you watched it after. So we don't have. We don't know. Like, you know, what are the? There's no control in this experiment. We're just variables <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know yeah oh my god it definitely gave me a i don't give a shit attitude once those consultants came in the building <laughs> i was just like you guys I was are rude. panicked i was panicked i <laughs> how rude and i did make the mistake or at least <laughs> i will admit this was not something i should have said you know, when you have your little consultant meeting where they're like interviewing you for what your. What do you do um, all day? What do you do? And he was like, Harley said you'd be a little nervous. And I was like, he's like, is that is it because you have to come talk to me? And I'm like, no, sir. I am just generally very neurotic. I don't feel like that was the best choice of words in that situation. <laughs> Upon hindsight oh lord hindsight 2020 but you know at least i'm keeping it real amen i mean that's like again when keeping it real goes wrong is that it's like, most of my experience until now like is it a good idea or is this a really bad idea you'll never know until it's all over Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I guess let's talk about the beginning of the film. Obviously, the film starts and they're sitting in traffic. And it's just the varying levels of sitting in traffic. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. 
we don't even have to deal with that kind of traffic, but recently they've been repaving the highway. <laughs> That's the biggest inconvenience is they're like only doing one way on the road. And I'm like, I just need to go to the grocery store and I don't know, buy eggs or something. Like literally nothing I have to be on time for, but such an inconvenience <laughs> that you're fixing the roads. <sighs> 105 degree heat in Houston traffic, definitely not a happy place. So yeah, I can agree with that completely. The scenes of like, just, just, I mean, you end up in traffic for like 40 minutes and you're sitting there and you're just like, do I turn on talk radio? Is it a, is it a Christian radio day? Usually with the heat and the hot hostility of the other drivers, I'm not surprised they went with the song choice in the, in the beginning of the film. Because, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm definitely listening um, to some gangster rap. <laughs> I really did thing. like their um, the juxtaposition <laughs> of the music toward the, mu- the music choice and what they're put over. Like, like it's just, I feel like, it, as I'm going to use something my dad said, it's such an oxymoron. I don't know if I'm using that correctly, but I just, I one of those things I really like when you use something so out of that realm Uh (laughs) and put it on top of people working in an office you're just like (laughs) yeah definitely I feel like he was making the song choices based on the level of aggravation (laughs) he was feeling in those moments Yes. Oh, I'm not one to talk. I did some, I listened to white people stuff, which is, you know, murder, murder, um, murder podcasts. Murder podcasts. Just sitting at my desk, <laughs> waiting for people to come in and yell at me, you know. Just preparing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to commit murder today. <laughs> well, we hope not. And then, obviously, the iconic memeable moment where Gary Cooper's character comes up and he's like, those TPS reports, did you get the memo? So funny. Yeah. The second time I watched it recently, I was like, because the department we worked in, we touched everything that went out into the the other departments. And it's... You're just like, if I hear that we're the hub one more time. <laughs> I'm going to hit hub. myself in the head with a hammer. You're the hub. That's something you want to hear in the in an office setting. You're the hub is like the death of you, okay? Don't be the hub. Break a leg or something. Tell them you can't walk. So you go, you, I can't go over there to those 10 other departments. I can't, I can't travel these stacks of papers. Can and they not read an email? Can you guys can send I just me call an email? <laughs> You don't need to walk ten times. Oh Lord, yeah, ten times, ten times walking to ten departments for twenty different things. Slightly off topic, but on topic. When you would leave to go to lunch, everyone would call me at my desk, and I'd be like, "Oh, why? Why is everything going wrong now?" Oh my. Oh. So that, uh, yes, I felt that. I felt that on a very emotional level. The fact, though, that they feel that they have to. Okay, so the first guy comes and tells him, that's your boss. I got it. The second boss 
comes and tells him and it's like okay buddy i explained it was an accident and even so he goes on to explain but yeah can you like put the effort in to to try and do that and it's like again once again it was it was one accident i forgot the one time we're gonna clear it up i'm totally on board with the memo i don't dispute that we need the memo like 15 more calls (laughs) he's on the phone like yeah i got the memo and it's coming through the fax machine again (laughs) i have it on my desk i didn't disregard it i don't disagree with it i just forgot (laughs) oh the memories (laughs) they're horrible oh the memo yeah we need a t-shirt that says um, yeah. Did you did you get that memo? Yes, I did disregard the memo because fuck <laughs> Oh Lord, <laughs> the memo. Yeah, lots of memos. We kept a whiteboard though. The whiteboard in lieu of sending lots of memos. I like the points. Like, see the board? Yeah. <laughs> I have one right back here. <laughs> Mine is in the kitchen where the rest of the family. That's our home. The kitchen uh, is the hub. <laughs> and then obviously, that's the funniest scene. <laughs> so you didn't need any more reason to hate that guy. We just didn't after that. It's just the realest <laughs> scene. It doesn't matter what job you had, if you worked in an office or not, you had somebody passive aggressively be like, "Did you? Did you not get the email?" Yes. <laughs> and I feel it's like it's like such a microaggression for for your other coworkers to even ask you about it because. You know, our bosses, our bosses also are going to ask us. And like, I don't want you to ask me too. We all got it. (laughs) It's like, oh, yes, friends. Do me the favor of not asking me about the memo that our boss just asked. Where are we? We were talking about passive aggressive bosses. And I think on next on our notes was printers. Someone's got a case of the Mondays at Rocks. And I made a note, were they as profitable as they made it seem to be in the movie? And I did not Google that. Um, I thought about this for a minute. I also did not Google it. (laughs) I'm gonna pull up a Google window at Rocks. My thinking though was, I just don't know who would buy this, who they were for, what generation did they come out? Because I feel like even in this particular uh, setting of like the the year, like what what time frame are they trying to say this movie is in? I feel like those well, pet rocks. It came out in 1999, and in 1975, they sold 100,000 pet rocks a day with a profit of 95 cents on each rock he sold. I know how to I don't know how to do math, but I just I don't I don't know. <laughs> I know it was a thing and a lot of people started making their own pet rocks, so it definitely got ripped off and then <laughs> it wasn't like it didn't remain proprietary for very long because you could just paint a rock. Yeah. Um but I was kind of confused by that because like the movie like you said the movie came out in 95 and I was wondering, like, is it set in the 80s? Did they give us a year? Because when were the rocks No, I think popular? it's supposed to be considered a contemporary film. So a contemporary film of the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. So that's why I was so confused. 
I was so confused until I did some research. I was like, is this in the 80s? Because obviously Gary Cole's character has the, you know, the white collars on his shirt, like some sort of Wall Street man of the 80s. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, it takes place in the 90s? What? I think it was just to do with his age. These guys are like remnants of of yeah, it was old. supposed to be uh, <laughs> a symbol, symbolic of um, changing changing tides. And that's why when we bring the consultants in and they're like, yeah, Peter seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. He'd be great upper management. And they're like, no. And they're like, well, how do you know what he does? Do you know what anybody in this building does? Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. <laughs> Thank you, the Bobs. <laughs> yeah pretty much it was pretty it's always like a gratifying feeling when you're in the office and someone else asks your boss what you do and they're like oh they're that's our she's our go-to girl she just she does everything <laughs> like, well, what yeah. is everything but what is that um, exactly everything <laughs> they make us make the schedule why is that even my job why was that your job yes why why is it my job to create a flow chart in this office when I'm the last line of the flow chart? <laughs> this movie really did make, make me question everything for forever because I'm like, <laughs> soon, well, maybe not soon, eventually I will have to go back and get an office job of some sort if yes. the creative thing doesn't work, pan out. I hope it does. We're right. hoping for a creative office, <laughs> a creative office setting where you you have defined tasks and you don't have to do twelve other people's jobs. Yes, that would be ideal. Um, but it made me question. It really it did help me question, or at least make a mental list of, okay, the next job I go into, and they have these problems, and they want me to fix it all but be paid to do one job, that's going to be a problem. You can always be interviewing bosses. There just aren't very many good ones out there. (laughs) So like when you go into these meetings, like these interviews, and they're asking all these questions, I often, so like if they don't ask me, what would you do in a situation where someone, you know, and they need, I need you to, I need you now. And someone else also needs something from you at the same time. What? Who takes priority? <laughs> it's like I don't want to work with you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, I it's like the flow. Recently. The flow I takes to, priority. I went to an interview recently, and I just asked them simple, very basic question, and they got pretty defensive. I was like, "What is the range of the role?" And they were like, "Did you not read the job description?" And I was like. Yes, I did read the job description. I just would like you to elaborate upon that. And how I've explained it to everybody, I was like, I don't want to show up to work one day. And they're like, oh, hey, Callie, we need you to go drive like 10 T-posts in, in, in the front front lawn. I do not have a bachelor's degree and have had so much stress from doing jobs for you to come in one day and tell me to go drive T-Post because I went and got a degree so I didn't have to do that. Also, I don't have any other body strength, so. 
<laughs> hey Middleton, while you're down here, um, you wanna you take dirt. a spray can and, and deal with spray this the problem we got going on here? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I don't wanna scrub your toilet and take the trash out. <laughs> I work at the desk. God. In that over there office. <laughs> and that's why. I do that at home, sir. They don't pay me for that there either. <laughs> Exactly, but oh, but you, you like like this is a film that is good to at least show to people, especially people, young people, before they go into the workforce, because this is exactly what you don't need to be doing. <laughs> yes, definitely ask for the, the written job description, your tasks as listed, <laughs> so that we're all clear. This is what I can do for you. Oh, I can't crawl around and spray roaches. <laughs> not on that my list. Not, not pay me for that, first of all. <laughs> Office space, real relatable. And like they're having, obviously they have to go take a break and go get coffee. Also relatable. Coffee breaks. Um, oh, can you bring me coffee? I didn't even tell you the dress. We know you keep calling us. Yeah. That's what they told me at the coffee shop one day. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to take a walk. We're going to take a walk three blocks from here to go get coffee, guys. <laughs> like, at random. We just got to. I'm going go to the post office. The post office? There's coffee by the post office. We're, We're going to the post there. office and cry and then come back. <sighs> yes super relatable just the whole printer never working thing and then being asked to fix the printer that's definitely a thing that goes on in every office can cannot be avoided i feel office and printers have, and coffee gotta have the coffee we, to deal with that and then we have peter going to that hypnotherapist with his girlfriend who obviously is cheating on him because everybody has said it thus far in the film everybody Stop. even him He's like, I think she's cheating on me. And then obviously, Poor Peter. <laughs> obviously, we have that um, vindicated. Yeah. <clears throat> What's the word? Is it? Uh, I don't know. The I, universe. What's the opposite of falsify? Falsify. <laughs> Truthify? Some things align for Peter, though. <laughs> Did you say it was vindicated? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, who? I, I'm gonna be listening to this later. I'm like, what an idiot says truthify? That's not a word. <laughs> and then I'm gonna Look. leave it in because I'm like, it gives it that rustic, that rustic uh, texture. Oh, that reminds me of the whole dictionary scene. We were like in the office with a dictionary thesaurus every other day. I feel and. Like, <laughs> because like, people would come in and they'd be like, this is printed wrong or this person is wrong. Situation. And just like, I don't read it. I just send it to somebody else. I definitely need a dictionary in here. <laughs> Exacerbating exacerbation. <laughs> what do we use oh, a dictionary yes. for that? That was a good one. But yeah, laundering money. How to launder money. Are we so, what did he say? We're such nerds. We're, we're... I, I think I have it quoted. I almost said Googling because now I just Google everything. We're such nerds, we're Googling how to launder money. But they had to use an actual dictionary in 1995. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I just put looking up laundering in the dictionary, very funny. And then having to buy a bunch of magazine subscriptions to keep that guy what am I gonna about do? their money laundering on scheme. What am I going to do with 45 subscriptions? <laughs> my favorite is, this isn't a mundane detail, Michael. This <laughs> is just a misplaced decibel. <laughs> it's not a mundane detail, Michael. I'm just going to like, start. That's why I opted not to work in the financial office this time. <laughs> just going to start screaming that. It's not a mundane detail, Michael. <laughs> This is not a mundane detail. Yeah, some some of the things we're just like we're saying. It's like it's so true. Is it funny or is it just sad? Is it like, is like <laughs> I was also stupid <laughs> at something like that? Is this helpful or is this making me feel like a bigger idiot? <laughs> One thing I didn't do that I kind of wanted to do is they keep reference, referencing Superman three, and I was like, do I need to go watch Superman three? And I was like, mm, I'm going to opt not because I watched the first Superman movie that had um, that guy. And it was like two hours. And I was like, this is the longest two hours of my life. I love Superman. So I love Superman lore. But it's a waste of, this is worse than when I watched, um, what do you call it? That movie with Jeff Bridges. Oh, uh, all the Jeff Bridges so, movies came to my brain. <laughs> the, the, I was like, not the best. The one that has the religion. <laughs> the one that has the religion about him. Not Lebowski. Yeah, the big Lebowski. That was... <laughs> you are talking about. Two or three hours of my life. Nothing. I'll never get back. <laughs> we believe it was a nothing. waste. <laughs> we believe nothing. <laughs> I... I can't, I can't even. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you not know that a bunch of people have a religion that is based on the Big Lebowski? I didn't know that. I thought, okay, so there's the, there's Lebowski believers, because I thought the whole point was we believe nothing because there were nihilists oh, no. all through the movie. It's, <laughs> it's a, I don't know what exactly it's called, but it's like, called the dude's religion or something. Oh my, I'm gonna have to look into that. <laughs> I keep finding articles about it. I'm like, I don't even like that movie. Yeah, I'm super I, mad. I remember I came in over the weekend and I was like, I watched it and it was a waste of my time. <laughs> and you were like, that's all about nihilism. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about nihilism. I want the three hours of my life back. <laughs> bored until the musical scene with the psychedelic like I was also on board with the, okay um, in relation to Mike Judge I was on board with the Beavis and Butthead movie until the animated psychedelic scene also like I'm good until you make a stoner look like a freak <laughs> if I have to be on drugs to watch this movie it's not a movie I need to watch yeah okay so it's like I'm not following this animated psychedelic background anymore what's going on here <laughs> i was on board until then it was kind of funny but like it, it got too long and you lost me it was not not my favorite jeff bridges but also i don't necessarily love a jeff bridges even though i've seen every single one of his movies <laughs> i find him to be an interesting person 
How do we get on these tangents, Callie? Now we're gonna anyway back to the office to office space. Everybody I talked to thought I was talking about the office, and I'm like, no, we're not. Pick a pen. We're not watching Steve Carell in the bridges because I have to later remind you to watch. Oh, the last picture show. There's bridges in it. Anyways, Superman Surfer one. Mm, the last picture show. It's like said in a little town in Texas. It's black and white. It's really ah, I know cool. exactly what you're talking about. Sybil Shepherd, I think, is in it. Uh huh. And the other Bridges brothers also it's in it. Based, isn't it based on like an actual? Is there a I, murder in it? I can't remember. I think an accidental death, possibly. I don't recall. But it was good. I don't know. I've too many movies. I've seen too many movies in my head. <laughs> Superman 3, when they start talking about this in a movie, I was like, I probably do need to rewatch it because all the Christopher Reeves movies popped into my head. There we and go. I knew they weren't talking about the new Superman guy. And all I could I think about well, was, was Kate Bosworth. And I was like, that's not what they're talking about. Gotta watch Christopher Reeves again. So, yeah. I mean, he played a great, like, I, okay. I will say this. He did play Clark Kent very well in Superman, but that's a long movie, and I don't want to go off on the tangent again about the Big Lebowski, but anyway. Um, I was like, do I need to watch Superman 3? Because I don't even remember if I've ever seen it. I mean, we own a lot of VHS tapes. Is it the one where, where Supergirl comes? I don't remember. Do you remember Supergirl was also Billie Jean? Yes, I even saw it's on HBO uh, Max, but I, I wonder if that's the third one. I skipped I don't know. my uh, HBO subscription, I think, last month and this month because I was like, I want to spend $11 on another <laughs> subscription to another site that I barely use. We opted to keep the HBO this time. Right now, I just have the Amazon. The Amazon? Oh, God. <laughs> Have the Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. There you go. I got Prime, HBO, and Netflix. I occasionally <laughs> rent movies. On this is how we YouTube. live now. Yes. I asked somebody the other day for a different episode. I was like, hey, what's a, uh, what streaming services do you have? And then I proceeded to go through movies. And then I was like, ah, we'll watch Charade. <laughs> and then I had to explain Charade to somebody. And they're like, Okay, I was like, "Don't, don't ask me questions." Then, charade. Is it? There's Audrey a movie Hepburn, called Harry Masquerade. No, Masquerade with Rob Lowe, I think, is in my to-watch list. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> watched Charade from 1963 with Harry Grant and Audrey Hepburn. I don't think I've seen that one. You should watch Charade. <laughs> Oh, I also pay for Hulu. Handmade must be. Uh, we have to do. We have. Oh no. I have never seen an episode of Handmaid's Tale, and I don't know <sighs> if I want to. The psychology of it is just so. Uh, I know Mar- Margaret Atwood is a genius, um, <sighs> and a great writer, but do I really? I gotta tell you, it's not a that episode. is becoming the truth. I already live in basically the Hunger Games. Do I need to live yes. in another? dystopian landscape no we reference the hunger games regularly we also reference it in 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 relation to the office space <laughs> there you go office space and hunger games same movie <laughs> these two things go together kind of well um handmaid's tale is is like hunger games 
with a far more devastating psychological aspect, it would not be a comedic episode of Blazing Comments. It would be <laughs> no. earth-shattering, life-altering breakthrough moment. So far, this episode, I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be something. Oh, my. Yeah. Office space is like Hunger Games. It's uh, it's like that, yes. I don't know what else to talk about for this movie because I already know I have to go cut out a bunch of stuff about the drama. Okay. Um, but... What's um, the... The ending of the you movie? You talk about... One thing I did want to talk about is Jennifer Aniston's character, Joanne, um, or Joanna... Um, how at their her job they keep they're like we want you to express yourself and she's like okay but the minimum and they're like but do you want to be somebody that does the minimum which also is I guess paralleled in Peter's work he's like you do uh, you just do as do enough to not get fired so it's like the bare minimum versus doing doing more and I feel like that is something very important to learn about because if you're not going to be paid more to do the most, you know, do more, make everything, everything's running smoothly, then I don't think you should do it. Now that I've had this experience working in an office where I've done 15,000 jobs and only being paid $11 an hour. I did also wonder. Yeah, I wondered who was paying for these pieces of flair. Uh, my mind went straight to, okay, I disagree with putting caps and uh, um, quotas in the workplace because then obviously people are only going to work to that minimum. But then my mind went also straight to like, who's paying for these 37 pieces of flair? If 15 is the minimum, I'm only paying for 15. What? <laughs> like and also, it was something I made a, a note on is like, um, making it a requirement to express yourself in the workplace seems to be problematic because I come here to work. I don't come here to be a, me as a human person. You literally know my saying in the office is personal. Personal is like the root word of personality and we leave that shit outside. <laughs> like in here we do office things. Personal and personality is not for professional spaces <laughs> like that's unless what I, I choose to it's like unless i put a sign on my door that says this is a safe place to express yourself like don't come in here with your feelings and your expressions <laughs> well we didn't even have an office or a door we have so. doors. <laughs> and um <laughs> i was explaining this to somebody that our desks were they were put together and there was like a small table in between our desks and that's what separated us <laughs> yes, as you as the manager, me as your assistant, that's exactly the kind of space that we need. <laughs> we were just lean over. <laughs> you hey, um, hey. hey, do you know what they're saying over there on the other side of the office? We can hear over the top of their open walls. <laughs> <laughs> there are All they hear is us cackling and just cracking up. Oh my. <laughs> walls would be helpful in a situation like we had i don't know <laughs> peter obviously didn't want his walls he knocked it down towards the end of the movie i thought that was um well that's after he comes <laughs> they're like peter are you gonna come in and work on saturday and he was like no 
No, I got hypnotized. First of all, first of all, I've been hypnotized. And I don't care. And then they're like, that's the greatest attitude we've seen in this workplace. Now I'm just like, I now see it. I now understand. Yes. And that's so weird. I'm curious to know how you feel that character relates to my personality in the office. That's a good question. How similar or dissimilar was my attitude in relation to Peter's attitude? Hypnotized Peter? <laughs> Hypnotized Peter didn't have anything to worry about, though. He just was, like, going with flow. I feel like <laughs> you and I are very tightly wound people. So it's not... Yes. We, we have the appearance of going with the flow, but on the inside, it's like uh, sirens going off. <laughs> that's what I imagine. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's definitely accurate. I try to always just look like my face is together. <laughs> my body's like, I definitely got a foot shaking. Or a if anything, I feel like I'm more of a Michael Bolton character <laughs> because I too would be, I do talk I do talk a big game and then I get to it and I'm like, oh yeah, of course I love Michael Bolton. <laughs> I'm just neurotic. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Um, also, in that bit, there's also like, you, I have the quote, direct quote, just work hard enough to not get fired. And then the next quote is, hope your firings go well. And then I have a note. His whole outfit. He's wearing a flannel, jeans, and flip, but a fashion icon. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I was so the, close. <laughs> the outfit of choice when he came in that day, the flip flops were like that. Just sealed the deal. <laughs> it put me over the edge. I was like it was watching so... it again. I was like, oh, he's not even wearing closed toe shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> but it's like. We're walking, we're walking through the office like flop, 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 flop. Oh, it yeah. just adds to the. I didn't even do that when I broke my toe and went to work. <laughs> Everyone um, was so concerned. They're like, are, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just broke a toe. It's fine." <laughs> Everyone's like, "I don't think you should be this calm." I'm like, "What else am I gonna do?" Oh my goodness! Yeah. What are you going to do when you can't take a day off? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Milton, though. Just the whole... I thought it was so funny that towards the end... I mean, you're thinking all along, like, he's kind of got... He seems like he's the character who has the moral high ground. Because he's like, he's been coming to this job religiously. And no matter how he's losing his mind, he's like, he does everything they ask him to do. Even when he doesn't want to move, he moves. And he's down there. And like, really, I didn't get that he had, obviously, at the end, spoiler alert, at the end, when he ends up on the beach, I mean, obviously he found the money. He found, he turned around after he walked in that office and he found the envelopes, right? But I mean, in my mind, I did, and he was like, "Who's gonna go, Milton? He's on the beach now," and that's very satisfying. But it didn't ever occur to me. Money. Until, like, and the then he threatened second. to put strip nine in the <laughs> margarita, and I was like, ah. "Put that down." Strip <laughs> mm. nine in the guac. That was salt. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guacamole. Big grains of salt on the rim. This was the last thing I wrote down. <laughs> it's like, he had the moral high ground 
until the moment you realize he had to have read the note also. And so he knows they were doing the robbery. Not only did he like, oh, he found some checks and he went and took them and he burnt the building down. It's like, he he just, he really went over the edge and that, that was it. Like he, he left any good standing he had or like will to continue this job and like totally jumped over the edge. He found the checks. He read that the confession. <laughs> I, I so just funny. love that uh, upon watching it again, I now totally understand because obviously our, I've said this, our desks were right next to each other. You and I would be like, damn it, why are you coming to talk to me in my department? I don't even do that. <laughs> and you would lean over and be like, are you going to burn the place down? No. Not today, but maybe. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. And you're always oh. like, yeah, you got that, uh, that red swing line stapler. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Is this is this because I parallel? I'm I'm the Milton. I want to burn. The no, it was like, like I couldn't decide. That's what I'm trying to decide. Like, I can't decide if I'm the Milton because I will just do whatever they ask me to do and I'll move. I've been in offices where I moved my desk three times before. So I was like, am I the Peter or am I a Milton who jumped, just took the dive over the edge? I don't it's know. Time to die. It's so funny. It's just so funny. All the characters are super relatable because they all have a quote that you could just like go with. Like Joanna shooting the bird at the boss. It's like, who hasn't had, I mean, you've obviously, you have, you've had good workplaces where you like the boss, you get along with people, but we've all had that workplace where you really just want to flip somebody off in here because they are not, they're just not trying to work with you. You want to flip them off. The Michael character, it just misplaced one decimal. Like, yeah, it's fine, but it's not. Detail, Michael. <laughs> and Peter, like, finally losing it and, like, I don't care. And, like, having a nonchalant attitude about the workplace. Like, it comes to a head eventually, but just on your way there, you're always a Peter, you know? I thought <laughs> another interesting thing was Peter. Peter has that, um, I guess, nightmare about them being in court but what he's more concerned about is people thinking he's a bad person rather than right <laughs> money laundering or whatever yeah. you care more about being a bad person yeah. money laundering i understand it but i found that an interesting point that was made mm-hmm. i agree it's like kind of like i say like don't just their morals he's got some kind of ethics but he doesn't because he's like steal the money who cares he's so mad already but i still don't want to be like a bad person capitalism is wrong okay peter (laughs) it's still stealing (laughs) if the consequences are jail just don't do it don't do it and i guess i'm i the overall theme of the film is to um find something that makes you happy which is funny since most of the characters throughout the film are not happy at all they're just like ah this is just uh this is just happening yeah I, de- I definitely don't need you guys to help me get a job at rewind corporation or whatever that new place is called yeah, no no i'm good i'm going back there working construction i feel like it was something that challenged him more because it was a sector he didn't work in and also Lawrence is a very laid-back character and he was like I want to be like him simply I want to be more like you (laughs) yeah 
it's not easy finding your happy thing. Some people find, I mean, you're, some people are, are going to find that job where they like have find their happy thing at work and then they go home and they're happy at home too. And like, I just don't know any people like that, but I know they're out there. But for others, typically you find a, a paying job that you can be okay with and then like you do your happy stuff on your time. But I think it's just, it's critical that you find the time to do your happy thing, even if it's not, you know, if it's not at your job. Like you can't and just I, can't let that job consume all your time. And I thought have that nineteen really helped um, push a lot of people to that because we did have mass layoffs with the pandemic and mm-hmm. it really made people reevaluate what they're willing to do in the workplace, risk their mm-hmm. lives for a measly measly amount of dollars that doesn't help them at any point uh-huh. and then they don't even get to do something they like to do I feel like this is a great film for this period of time because of that uh-huh. yeah I, I really enjoyed my previous job I really loved it but just like I say you're always interviewing bosses and the bosses that when the bosses change you know it's just not an enjoyable situation anymore. I feel like if Peter had a different boss and they had different management in their office, like if they would have just got rid of Bill and had some, you know, maybe Michael was a supervisor that we all needed. I don't know. But I just feel like that situation was just made so much worse by Bill being Bill. <laughs> it was not a lot like letting people be happy in that office. No. Definitely Peter needed to find his happy place. Unfortunately for him, it was doing construction cleanup or demolition. I, <laughs> I thought it was funny how that also, it obviously the zip film ends where, uh, so he decides to take the blame and then Milton, obviously, I mean, they don't, explicitly say but you you can just assume that Milton sets it on fire and basically Uh fixes the problem for everybody I found that to be a very creative way to fix a problem as I am a problem solver according to my career counselor (laughs) he's like you need to find a job where they let you solve problems that you have the solution he's like you need to advertise yourself that way I was like I can't solve my own (laughs) <laughs> someone else's. Yeah. <sighs> Poor Peter. I don't know. I feel like the ending of the the ending of the movie was like an attempt to redeem, like the character, the universe was redeeming this character or giving him back his, you know, you're still a good guy, Peter. <laughs> We're not gonna let yes. you go to jail. You <laughs> Someone did the else. right thing. It yeah. didn't matter that it accidentally burned Just, down and you got off scot-free, but you can not steal anymore. <laughs> and I guess, as I said earlier about capitalism, since everybody's like, where I get all my knowledge is TikTok, everyone's anti-capitalism, and I'm like, I don't know anything. I can barely do math. <laughs> that decimal, that, that one misplaced decimal. It's gonna kill us. Oh goodness. Yeah. The last scene of the such movie, a mundane though. detail. That's not a mundane detail, Michael. Neither is the salt on the rim of my margarita. <laughs> it's like the whole the whole last scene of like they're I just take giving my money a, to a, a, a competing resort. Sure, whatever. it's like does the, 
<laughs> Does a plot more, you know, is it more of a Milton movie or more of a Peter movie? They're like fighting characters the whole time. Is all about really Milton or is it really all about Peter? Because even the mundane details are more, you know, like they're very important to Milton also. <laughs> and one of the things is like he got away with the money, but Peter didn't. He's still on the beach picking at those mundane details. <laughs> He's not gonna let it die. <laughs> the salt, there was definitely salt on the rim. Big grains of salt. It was so funny. <laughs> but on a pina colada, that's where I'm so. <laughs> get into uh, making cocktails. You don't put salt on a pina colada. Or was not he talking definitely. about he didn't want salt on his margarita? He asked for something else in the pina colada, and then he complained about the previous drink, which was a margarita, having salt on the rim. He he wanted salt in the margarita and not on the rim. And there was definitely big, big grains of salt. <laughs> well, if you have a straw, you don't have to see the salt. What the? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get into it. My kids get into that. sat nearby. The antics of cocktails. I stopped right. drinking for a reason. <laughs> my kids sat nearby while I watched it and they were just like of all the movies that we watched this was the most unrelatable to them like they have no frame of reference as far as like the office the drinking like, the smashing what? of the printer they were like is that ice cube they recognized music but that was about it and that's only because I just made them watch boys method so <laughs> They, they weren't reaching. They were just Sweet like, we don't summer know. children. Sweet <laughs> summer children. Do not know what that's about. <laughs> I hope they never have to know. Oh, no margaritas for them. <laughs> not yet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Epic movie. It's one, though. You, you have to watch it once. If, no, if you haven't seen it, I always recommend these movies like um, Mike Judge, it may not seem like an intellectual mind because it's comedy and it's like on the far, far side of, you know, what girls may, I don't know, some females don't find that kind of comedy funny. But I mean, for me, I like it. I think it's funny. If you haven't seen it, you should you should definitely watch it. I recommend Mike Judge across the board. I like Beavis and Butthead. Um, I hear they're bringing it back. I don't know if that's true. The Idiocracy was another movie with uh, Luke uh, Wilson. Is that his name? I think the brother of the one with the nose thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's in that, and also Maya Rudolph. I think is the other character is a boy and a girl. It's really funny. This one is not totally different from it, but still like timeless. I have to say. I don't know how he writes these so that they fit into, you know, whenever you watch it, because it's, it does. Well, because it's, it's not um, hampered down by pop cultural references, which is mm -hmm. a lot, um, something that a lot of contemporary films do is they make several pop culture references, which at the time, in the contemporary sense, whenever it takes place, makes sense. But you watch it 20 years later, and your kids are like, what does that mean? And you're like, mm -hmm. I feel ancient. Right. I'd say after they get their first job, they'll relate. It's like they're they're not able to relate now because they don't have any office experience. <laughs> but if you've had a job, if you had one job, then you can relate to this movie. 
for sure. It's definitely that film. You're just gonna watch it and wonder why. I mean, is this what I'm like and why is it so true? I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Blazing Comments. And I also would like to thank Carly for joining me today to talk about Office Space or slightly talk about Office Space. Um, I hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. I would like to give credit where credit is due. Here are some articles I read in preparation for this episode of Blazing Comments on Office Space. Office Space, 20 Years Later by Marcus Luele for filmdays.net. Office Space Turns 20, How Mike Judge Brought Flair, Ass Clown, and Red Staplers to the World by Susan King for variety.com. Um... Here's just a movie review by Roger Ebert for RogerEbert.com titled Office Space. Um, and also just watching the film. I watched the film on Stars uh, through Amazon Prime. So if you have the opportunity to, please go watch 